Hello again, ladies and gentlemen, Ghost Nobody here, ready to bring you chapter 120 of Radiance, my original Fallout fan fiction. As always, I hope you can like, share, and subscribe to this wherever you can, either at fanfiction.net, archiveofourown.org, or even at my own website, ghostnobody.com. You can leave feedback there, or whatever you feel like saying. I always welcome your comments and thoughts. And if you do pop over to ghostnobody.com, check out Stormrider. You never know if fantasy worlds filled with surly dragoness girls, orcs and elves and big ginormous battles and viking lore and all sorts of cool things all smashed together is your thing. You might find something you like. And also while you're there, pop over to the Ghostly Links section. Check out Mortis, my original novel, for sale on both Smashwords and on Amazon. Pick yourself up a copy and help support me. Keep me doing what I love. Bring in alien romance stories to you good people. So, without any further ado... Let's get the show on the road, shall we? Uh, but first, the usual legal disclaimer. I don't own Fallout or anything to do with it. That's Bethesda. I just keep the crazy tales happy. Let's get on with the show. Chapter 120. Heart of the Hive. Are you sure this stuff will work? Varl asked, buzzing his wings lightly to add emphasis to his concern. As he sat looking the armour over the bin on the dummy before him. If I wasn't, I wouldn't let you even see it, let alone wear it. Do you think I'm about to take the risk of losing my heart right after you taught me how to love? Eve said, and Varl turned to look at her, buzzing his wings slightly in regret. Eve's expression softened as she saw his antennae droop. It was obvious to her that he hadn't intended to offend her with his words. He was just merely expressing concerns, was all. Eve stepped up to him and slipped her arms around his torso and relished the feeling of his smooth, chiting armour. A covered his equally smooth, waxy skin. She slipped her hands under his wing joints and very gently caressed them, making them buzz lightly, though this time out of pleasure rather than concern. I spent every day on this earth wondering why I was different, wondering why I was never able to look at boys the way every other girl I knew did. But now I know why. I was waiting for a male far more handsome than any human I could ever imagine to buzz his way into my life, and to sweep me off my feet before plunging his stinger deep into my heart, like Cupid's arrow. Well, consider me love-stung, Buzzy Boy, and now I've got you in my web, I ain't ever letting you go, and I'll be fucking damned if I ever let anyone hurt you, while I have the ability to prevent it, she said softly as she rested her head against his chest. Varl seemed to freeze for a moment before he stepped fully forwards and into her, and he wrapped all four of his long but strong arms around her slender frame. She felt his hands fanning out on her back, and it felt like being touched by two people at once. Two of them went up, while two of them went down. Two went up to the back of her shoulders, and two to the base of her hips. She knew that no matter what her happy place would now always be in these arms, with these hands upon her, no matter where the f- what the future held for them, or where they ended up, as long as she had Varl at her side, she knew she'd be happy. Suddenly she felt his lower arms moving a little further south from her hips, and she felt her breath catching her chest in a hitch as his inquisitive fingers gently gripped a buttock in each hand. Eve looked up at Varl, who simply smiled at her with a little embarrassment on his handsome and exotic face. So it is as soft as I imagined it to be, he said softly with a note of embarrassment bleeding into his voice. Eve chuckled softly and gave him a sly grin along with a raised eyebrow that prompted him to continue talking, though she noted he didn't let go or take his hands off her ear as he did. Well, I was, um, 
wondering how a human rear differed from ours, given that your abdomen's kind of different. You know, not having a stinger or venom glands, he said, rambling his way through an explanation. He found his innocent curiosity and subsequent embarrassment most endearing indeed. He was a cute one when he was flustered. You don't need to justify wanting to grab full of hand full of my bum, you know, Varel, she said in a soft voice as she pushed her rear end out a little bit to fill both of his lower hands and she saw his antennae twitch, which was accompanied by a slightly alarmed buzzing of his wings, which felt wonderful to her as she was stroking the said wing joints as he did it. I... I don't? he asked in a soft voice. I love you, Varel. I've made my choice in mail, and I have chosen you. So now, as far as I'm concerned, I belong to you, and you to me. That means all of me belongs to you, just as all of you belongs to me. So if you want to touch me, go right ahead. Put all of those beautiful hands on me, on me. because I can tell you right now, I'm not going to keep mine to myself, handsome one. She said, taking one of his upper hands in hers, drawing it up to her mouth and proceeding to kiss each one of his fingers. How is it this easy to fall in love with someone so different to me? Raoul said in a voice that was barely above a whisper, but carried more weight in those words than the power of an atomic bomb. I know, it feels crazy, doesn't it? Eve said, looking up at her handsome hybrid man. After what happened to my hive, and then to me and my sister... I was almost convinced that all humans are evil, that there is no compassion or love in any of you, that all you cared about was what you could take. But after meeting Seven and all of you, I can't believe how wrong I was, and I feel so bad for it, Earl said, giving a dismayed buzz of his wings. Honestly, I don't blame you a single bit for feeling like that, Varl. After what you went through, anyone would feel like that, if not worse. Hell, I'm actually surprised that when you and your sister broke free that you didn't wind up going on a murderous rampage or something. And it's actually a testament to who you are as people and your strength that both of you are still sane and good people at heart. Eve said, reaching up to stroke the side of his smooth face and relishing the feel of his little mandibles twitching against her fingers before she kissed them. Thank you, Eve. You have no idea how much those words mean to me he said. When I first met Seven and his people, I didn't know what the hell to think. They were a team of people who looked completely crazy, but at the same time more powerful than anyone I'd ever seen before. And then I found out about the various relationships going on among their number, like Visa and Seven or Chris and Vess. I thought to myself, how in the name of hell can a human look at a claw, let alone be with one like that? It made me think of the times that Thundertail had rather clumsily and albeit rather innocently made passes at me and it got me thinking that maybe there was a lot more to this than met the eye and I started to watch them all closely and that's when I realised something no, there really is no more to it than two people who fell in love despite their differences all that mattered to them was that they were happy together and they wanted nothing more from one another than their company, their love and their trust simple as that Eve said. And now you want that for yourself, Varl said, and Eve gave him a wide and warm grin. You tell me. You're the one with two of your hands currently cupping my very human bum still, she said, and Varl chuckled, making his mandibles twitch. It is a very nice bum, he said, giving it a squeeze and sent a flurry of little tingles chasing one another up through Eve's body. Why, thank you, handsome sir. 
I'll remind you you said that when you see it for the first time without my pants making it look better than it really is, he said teasingly. I doubt any pants in the world could make it look better than the real flesh already could, Varro replied, and Eve barked a laugh, but gave him a warm smile before stretching up on her tiptoes so she could kiss him properly. Though thankfully those extra hands of his helped support her weight by lifting her slightly. I guess you'll have to find out now, won't you? She said, giving him a playful wink. Though she found herself wondering if the human gesture would be lost on him, given that he didn't exactly have eyelids. God, I hope my sister can find someone like you for herself, you know. Farrell breathed as he leaned down and gently ran his antennae over her, seemingly tasting the pheromones that were obviously pumping out of her every pore. She'd never felt as aroused in her life as she did right now in his arms. It was almost alarming how natural this actually felt to do. Oh, I'm sure she will. She's a good-looking girl, and hanging around with Seven and his people seems to bring out those that have the most open of minds. So if she sticks with him, I'm sure later some handsome human boy with a taste for strong-willed buzzy girls with a real sting in her tail will pop up somewhere along the road. Though, and please don't take this the wrong way, I do hope one with a t- taste for strong gator-claw girls shows up first, or poor Thundertail might just have a bloody meltdown, she said, causing Varl to bark a laugh and buzz his wings in time with his laughter. Yeah, she is a rather excitable one, that one, isn't she? He said. And the statement of the century right there, that's kind of like saying an atomic explosion is somewhat toasty. Honestly, I do hope the poor girl finds someone worthy of her. She really is such a kind and gentle soul. She does deserve someone to make her happy and take care of her, Eve said. I'm sure there'll be someone out there somewhere for her. I mean, look out there. Both Visa and Vess have their human, and now I have mine. So why not her? He said, and Eve rested her head against Varl's chest as they looked out of the window together at the courtyard below where everyone was hard at work. Yeah, you know you're right, Varl, she said happily, and that's when a decision clicked into place in her mind. She was going to finish Varl's armour, and then she was going to get him to model it for her, and then she was going to even have even more fun getting it back off him again. Come on, buzzy boy, let's try that armour on you, shall we? Eve said, turning and taking his hand so she could lead him across the room back to the dummy. Varl laughed and twitched his mandibles. Has that become my official nickname now? He asked and she gave him a grin. Only because it accurately describes how you make my insides feel when I look at you. You make my entire nervous system buzz with joy and excitement. She said as she lifted the chest piece off the dummy and turned to face him. You know what? Suddenly it doesn't seem so bad. Though I do believe I'm going to have to come up with one for you now. Only fair, after all, he said as she stepped up and began to help him put the chest piece on. The armour itself was designed not only to be lightweight but strong, but also to be streamlined, so they wouldn't have no problems with drags causing them problems in their flight mechanics. Though in its design, Eve had been making some rather careful calculations in order to ensure that the armour would deflect any incoming projectiles, but would also be comfortable to wear which was a tricky set of calculations, to say the least. It had been really quite a balancing act to get all the factors to even themselves out. But as she clipped the final piece on to him, which happened to be the helmet, Eve stepped back and admired her handiwork. Val now looked down at himself, now encased in metal and Kevlar, and he flexed both his legs and his arms to test the limits of movement within the suit. How does it feel? Eve asked. Surprisingly light and flexible. If I didn't have this helmet covering my head, I'd actually have trouble telling that I'm wearing it, 
Val said with genuine surprise in his voice. Looks good, bro. Suits you, a voice said from the doorway and they both turned to see Vizzy standing there leaning against the door frame while she admired Eve's handiwork now being modelled by her brother. You really think? Val asked, glancing over his shoulder and giving his armoured abdomen an experimental wigger waggle while also expending his stinger. I'm actually impressed with the results. Didn't think it was going to look this good, if I'm honest, Fizzy said, stepping fully into the room and circling around her brother to examine him closely. I'm pleased to think so. Yours is ready too, if you wish to try it on, Fizzy. Eve said, gesturing to the second dummy, without a slightly smaller suit on it. Seriously? Wow, you guys really do work fast. Fizzy said, snapping her attention to the second dummy and her heading over to examine her own suit. Here, I'll give you a hand to put it on. Eve said, stepping up and lifting the chest piece down. Vizzy simply nodded her thanks and then stood still while Eve lifted the various pieces up for her to put on, and pretty soon her and her brother now were both encased in the protective armour. I do think a test flight is in order. If we can't fly while wearing it, then it's basically worthless, Vizzy said, looking at her brother who nodded his head in agreement. Think we should ask Seven if he wants to tag along, in case something goes wrong. Varel asked and Vizzy looked thoughtful for a moment before nodding her head. Probably for the best. He's already proved he can outfly the pair of us while carrying mul multiple claws around anyway. Vizzy said, grabbing her brother's hand and leading him towards the door. But not before Varel managed to grab hold of one of Eve's hand and pulled her along too. Much to her surprise. Hey, Seven! Fancy taking a flight with us? Vizzy yelled across the yard and Seven's head popped up from the forge at the tool station. Did someone say flight? He asked, walking over, wiping his brow as he did. He was now stripped down to his waist, as he'd been working hard at the forge, and despite not having to touch the molten metal or the crucibles, he was still in close proximity to all that heat. So he'd stripped off a bit to help him cool off. Not that Visa seemed to be complaining, by the way she almost had her tongue looped through her horns to prevent herself from tripping over it. And she wasn't the only one, by the way Thundertail was laid basking nearby. Yeah, we're testing out the new armour. We need to take a test flight to make sure it fit for purpose. I'm wondering if you wanted to tag along as backup just in case something went wrong and we can't get back, Vizzy said, and Eve instantly noticed the way that she was suddenly waving her antenna in Seven's direction, trying to make it look as if the wind was doing it, but Eve now knew better. She was tasting his pheromones in the air all around him. To the in uninitiated or insectoid body language would be rather hard to read, and while Eve herself was no expert... She had managed to by now cobble together from both her experience and that with Varel, and also her prior knowledge, something together to help her read it better. The result was she was now able to understand the basics of their complex body language, and it did really truly appear that Vizzy had quite a taste for humans, like her brother did. Now this particular human was definitely not one to go chasing after, if one likes their limbs still attached to the outside of their body and not cut free, and rather unceremoniously shoved into a hole that one hoped would be filled with a certain part of him, thanks to a rather jealous and overprotective claw wife, not a million miles away. Sure, I could go for a flight. Bloody hot work, that forge, and I could use with a break. Up for a flight, my heart? Seven said, turning to Viso, who looked like she might have to tie her tongue into a bow on top of her head at any moment. With you? Always my mail, she replied, heading over to join him. Mind if Eve tags along as well? I'd like to see her to see the fruits of her labour. If something needs tuning or adjusting, she'd probably be the best to hand 
let given that she designed it, Val said quickly, stepping up and putting one of his upper arms around her slender shoulders and pulling her in close. But of course, wouldn't dream of leaving her behind. And besides, it's going to be damn hard for her to keep staring at your armoured rear end through the set of binoculars on the ground now, isn't it? Seven said teasingly as he shot a grin at Eve, who felt the heat of a blush rise up in her cheeks. True, but I'm not the one who looks like I'm going to have to tie my own tongue round my horns if it gets any lower now, am I? Eve shot back playfully while shooting a knowing glance at Visa, who simply huffed. A proud Alpha Claw is never ashamed of her honest passions for her male, she protested while Seven laughed and grinned at his scaly wife. Yeah, I might have opted to wear a little less if it hadn't been for me having to stop her from licking my shadow, he said teasingly. It would not be a shadow I'd be licking, it would be a flesh. And if it's not, if I am not mistaken, it was you who seems to like lick the things of mine, is it not, my male? Visa shot back, giving him a sly, fang-filled grin, which simply made Seven laugh even harder. Not going to deny that, but then who can blame me when my girl looks this tasty all the time? He said, making the others laugh. Well, not except for Vizzy, who just looked confused. Um, am I missing something here? She asked, and Visa grinned at her before beckoning her over. The armed Casador girl walked over while glancing at all of them in confusion. Then Visa leaned down, cupped a massive hand over the side of her head, and whispered into what would have been her ear if she had been a human. But given that she was a Casador, her entire body was basically one giant ear thanks to them to be able to detect the slightest vibrations in the air around them through their carapace. Vizzy's mandibles dropped open, and her antenna shot bolt upright in surprise and possibly alarm. Humans do that? she exclaimed, and Visa nodded. Mine does, and let me tell you, he's damn good at it, she said proudly with a grin. Mine too, Vess called from a seat nearby at a large table, where she was working on bending components into place for the new claw armour with her massive hands, obviously having guessed at that, what they were talking about. All right, it's settled. First chance we get, you're finding me one of your kind. I want me some of that, Vizzy exclaimed, making them all laugh. Me's first is Q, buzzy girl, and uses at back of it, Thundertail called from her basking spot, slapping her tail on the ground, which seemingly and strangely enough, the basking spot seemed to have rotated, so she was still facing seven though none of them had actually seen her move despite her size. Seven just laughed and shot Vizzy a grin. You heard the lazy Vizzy. Better take a number, I guess, he said with a shrug. All right, let's get into the air, shall we? Raoul said, seeming growingly embarrassed by the open and rather sexual nature of the conversation that was breaking out among them. Though Eve, despite her own embarrassment, these people were actually a breath of fresh air. Not only did they take their love very seriously... They openly revelled in it. Their pride in one another was obvious for all to see. She glanced up at Varel and made herself a silent promise. She too would be this proud of her love for her wonderful man. She would stand proudly at his side and let the entire world know who she belonged to. And she was damn proud to do so, starting right this fucking second. So without hesitation she stepped up and slipped herself under his right arm, slipping one around her waist and the other around her shoulders, while slipping her own arm around his slender waist. Seven glanced at her, and so did Visa, and she saw both of them give nods of approval. But it was Visa who gave it voice. Never be ashamed to love openly, Eve. This right here is your mail. Let the whole world know that, and you will fight tooth and claw for him. 
when the world sees it, they will have no choice but to accept it. And those that don't are not worthy of your time or his, she said. Eve felt her face light up and she nodded before she looked up at Varel. You got that right, Visa. There aren't words strong enough to adequately express how I feel or what he means to me. So instead I'll simply let my actions speak for me, she said. Well said. Now, let's fly before I'm forced to carry off my own half-naked new human here for some very well-deserved claw love. He knows very well the consequences of teasing his claw, Reza purred, looking at Seven. Slevens quickly slipped his arms back into his top and covered himself up, much to Visa's disappointment. But no sooner had he done so that he lifted his hands to his side. Both Visa and Eve levitated into the air and floated to his sides, to be contained within the invisible bubble that he made. Shall we then? he said, looking down at Vizzy and Val from the air. Let's go! Vizzy yelled, buzzing her wings and lifting off into the air, swiftly followed by her brother, and all of them took to the skies. The group spent the next hour putting the pair through their paces with a series of aerial challenges that included high-speed and low-speed manoeuvres, banking tests, carry tests, and some more airborne weaponry tests. While the twins flew ahead, Seven flew behind them, monitoring them closely. While he did not intervene, Eve knew that he was ready to do so at the first sign of trouble. But thankfully, due to her delight, his intervention was not needed at all. The armour did its job perfectly. Eventually, they all landed back in the courtyard and noticed all of the gate claws seemed to have stopped work and were all now sitting on the grass with Thundertail, watching their little impromptu air show. They even clapped when they landed. Seems that the armour's plastered the test with flying colours, Timothy said, walking up to them with a large grin and laughing at his own pun. Ugh, really? Shauna said from his side. What? He said, shooting her a grin. It's just as well you're handsome, because your puns are terrible. She shot back and Timothy's grin grew even wider. So, how did the armour feel? Eve asked, approaching the twins. Excellent. Honestly, well, I knew it was there. I often found myself forgetting that it actually was, Busy said, and her brother nodded in agreement. Perfect. I do believe we're ready for the flight crew side of things, Seven said. All right, um, Seven, if you can help Vizzy out of hers, I, um, just have to do some minor calibrations to Varl's, Eve said, grabbing the stunned Cazador's hand and beginning to pull him back towards the treehouse. You could just say you're going to ravish him, you know, Visa called after them with a grin as she watched the rapidly retreating pair. Never said his armour was going to be on him when I adjust it, Eve called back over her shoulder and with that the pair vanished into the tree. Eve practically dragged Varl up to her quarters within the tree. The quarters themselves were off the main building towards the rear of it, and were easy to miss if he didn't know that they were there. It had once been an old office that she had moved into and converted into her own personal living space, and now served as home. No sooner had Eve pulled the confused-looking hybrid boy inside, than she locked the door behind them both and spun Varel around on the spot, pressing herself into his forearms and grabbing the sides of his face, lifting up his faceplate to be able to lock him in a deep and kiss, passionate kiss. When they finally broke for air, Varel looked around the room, waving his cute antennae as he did. This is your private chamber within the hive, is it not? He asked softly, and V's ch- Eve chuckled. Yes, and you're the first male to ever see it, she said gently, unbuckling his helmet's chin strap, so she could remove it and kiss him without having to lift the faceplate up all the time. It smells like you, 
It's nice in here, he said, looking around, waving his antenna as if trying to capture every single scent molecule that had escaped her body and attached itself to the variety of surfaces. Suddenly, Varel seemed to truly comprehend what her intentions now were towards him. Suddenly, in this room, and he buzzed his wings softly and turned to face her. Are, are you truly going to ravish me? He asked in a soft voice that she couldn't quite tell was filled with either apprehension or excitement. I wish to make love to you, if that's what you're asking, my sweet buzzy boy. But to ravish someone indicates that they do not have a choice about what's happening to them, and I would never do that to you. Visa was merely joking when she used that word, as it gets thrown around in this group a lot due to some of its members' size. But I know these people. They would never take what is never offered freely to them. And consensually, that goes for me too. I would never try to hurt you or force you, Varel. I love you, and I want to make you as happy as I possibly can, she said gently, planting a series of kisses around his mandibles. This seemed to visibly ease the tension out of him, and he relaxed. It was obvious to her now that Varel had lived a very sheltered life up until the disaster that had destroyed his hive in the form of the raiders. It was also obvious that he had absolutely zero experience in matters of the heart, or in passion. Not that that mattered to her, as it wasn't like she was awash with experience herself, what with still being a virgin and all. She had experienced romance before, but it had really gone no further than some heavy petting and some deep kissing. She'd wanted to take things much slower, and him not so much. So she had stepped back to see how he would react, and when he realised that she wasn't simply going to give it up to him, he vanished faster than a fart in a hurricane thus proving his worth to her. But here and now, with this handsome man, things were very different. But there was also a lot of similarity. The roles were kind of reversed in now that she was the aggressive one, but she also had the self-awareness to recognise that and to act upon it. The last thing she ever wanted was for her sweet male to feel pressured or uncomfortable by her actions. We can go as slowly as you like, Farrell. No pressure, my beautiful buzzy boy. If you are at all uncomfortable, simply say so and I'll stop immediately, okay? She said softly while planting a series of sucking kisses on his smooth jawline. Uh, okay, he said nervously in a voice that made her flare with desire. He was just so adorable when he was vulnerable like this. He was a strong and dangerous being in his own right. But for him to be thoroughly disarmed by something as simple as desire was actually rather intoxicating. Slowly she began to remove his arm piece by piece by piece until it was all neatly laid out on the floor in a line along the wall towards the door. When she finally turned back around, Varl was stood before her bed with all four of his hands clasped before him as he looked around nervously. She decided it was now time to give this handsome man the boost of confidence that he so desperately needed. Well now that I've unwrapped my wonderful gift... I do believe it's time for you to unwrap yours, my sweet buzzy boy, she said softly as she slowly stepped up to him and took two of his four hands and placed them upon her stomach to indicate the buttons of her blouse. Farrell's wings buzzed, and this was obviously nervous excitement this time, but this didn't stop his fingers from going to work. Slowly his upper hands made their way up the rows of buttons from her stomach to her neckline while his lower hands made their way onto her body as well, smoothing their way over her hips and gently pulling her closer as he worked. Eve simply couldn't resist reaching up and very gently kissing his little mandibles as he twitched and flexed, 
lining his jaw with a series of kisses until she finally managed to slip her face in between them and press her lips to his. This time she felt his long thin tongue shoot out and dart its way into her mouth in order to explore her and the taste of his sweet saliva made her head fuzz and crackle with want and pure desire. So foggy indeed was her head that she didn't even realise how busy or dexterous her handsome buzzy boy was until she finally broke the kiss and found, her stood th- found herself stood there in just her underwear with her coat, blouse and pants gone. Well, her pants were actually just bunched around her ankles, but same thing. Sneak, distracting your girl with a sublime kiss so you can get her naked. Tut tut, she said playfully and she stepped out of her pants and pressed herself forwards into him again. You are truly sublime, Eve. I never could have imagined a human could be so beautiful, but you're nothing short of radiant, Marl said in a breathless-sounding voice. Flattery will get you everywhere, my handsome hybrid. But it seems we are still a little uneven here. What do you say we fix that, hmm? She said gently, thumbing the waistband of her panties to emphasise her point. Marl wasted no time at all obliging her. His upper hand slid around to her back while his lower one slid down over to her hips and both got to work on her underwear simultaneously. Literally three seconds later, Eve was stood before him as naked as the day she was born while he stepped back to admire her, all still while catching her underwear in both his sets of hands. His antenna looked like they were about to pop off his head the way they were vibrating and waving about so much. It was like they were desperately trying to catch every single scent molecule that broke free of her body and drifted into the air around her. By the ethereal hive, I didn't imagine you could get even more beautiful. Farrell breathed as his mandibles twitched along with his long thin tongue darting out to lick at them. That's when Eve noticed that between his legs a small piece of his armour plating had slid itself to the side, exposing what appeared to be a small slit in his skin. It didn't take her long to figure out that's where his manhood was hiding, and she smiled to herself. It was truly time to even the odds up. With desire crackling through her like wildfire burning out of control, Eve stepped forward and very gently pushed Varel backwards until he fell onto her bed, with a sharp buzz of his wings as an alarm cry at the fall. But Eve knew her mattress was soft and springy as a bag stuffed to the gills with the softest feathers. It was also rather springy a point that was proven by the bounce that Varel did as his weight hit it and flopped him back down on his back as he came down from said bounce. She smiled down at him as she moved onto her hands and knees and began crawling on all fours up the bed towards him. I never imagined in my wildest dreams that I would have a man as exotic and handsome as you in my bed, but here you are. You buzzed your way into my life and into my heart, and I have waited a lifetime to find you, and tonight I am going to make up for all those lost years. And all that love and want that I have bottled up all over that time is going to be yours for the taking, my handsome man. She purred, hoping to God that it came off as sultry, not just plain creepy. By the look of pure breathlessness, want etched all over Varl's handsome face, she got the distinct feeling that her voice was working beautifully. She could see his chest cavity rising and falling as he drew rapid breath, though she knew that unlike humans he didn't actually have lungs. More microscopic spiracles all over his skin that allowed him to breathe through diffusion. You're a goddess made flesh and blood, Eve. How the hell am I so lucky that I caught the eye of a goddess? Val exclaimed as she moved herself atop him and gently straddled his hips. I'm the lucky one, Varl. Of all the humans out there, you chose me. 
As far as we know, there's only two of your kind left in the entire world. And here now, I get to love one of them with all of my heart, body and soul. So I'm truly the lucky one, Varl. And tonight I'm going to prove it, she said, leaning down and gently kissing his chest plates. To her delight, Varl made a gasp noise, in so doing proving to her that his carapace was indeed as sensitive like his skin was. And oh, she was going to have so much fun with that tonight. This was going to be one part scientific study, one part lovemaking session. She was going to explore him and mentally document every single beautiful difference, while at the same time relishing every single sweet similarity between the pair of them. All while drowning her beautiful male in as much love and pleasure as an inexperienced body and heart could give him. Then it was her turn to gasp, as she felt his forehands slide up onto her skin, leaving hot tingling trails in their wake. His lower ones headed over her hips and back onto her rear end, helping themselves a generous handfuls of her flesh, while his upper two ones ran themselves right up over her tummy, right to her chest, each cupping a small breast within each of them. The result was an explosion of pleasurable tingles that fired from both ends of her body at once, and collided directly in her core like two particles of pure joy smashing together to create a nuclear explosion of pleasure right at her core. Not the only one who's going to show off their heart tonight, my beautiful goddess. Tonight I will show you the heart of the hive, and I will prove to you and to all that my queen was right when she said that humans and we are stronger together. Tonight we will show the universe the truth of her words, he said, and with that Eve simply couldn't take it any more. She pounced on him. Uh, so that was chapter 120, ladies and gentlemen. Looks like things are getting hot and heavy between uh, Varl and uh, Eve. But will they be able to manage to make their night a successful one? Or will things get in the way? There can only be one way to find out the answer to those questions and so many more. Gonna have to tune in next time. So until next time, this is Ghost Nobody signing off and saying, I'll see you all next time.